Coming up today on Inside the FLX, discussing swing beds and what they mean for patients who have a stay at an area hospital. This episode is brought to you by DeSanto Propane. They've been serving the clean energy needs of upstate New York homeowners, businesses, and home builders since 1937. With a reputation of reliability and dependability, DeSanto Propane is ready to serve you. Call 1-800-752-4574 or visit desantopropane.com to learn more. And by the Fox family of dealerships located on Route 5 in Auburn. It's all there and all together at the Fox family of dealerships. Visit foxdealerships.com to learn more. Today on Inside the FLX, we are discussing swing beds. Despite what the name suggests, swing beds aren't a physical bed in the way that most would anticipate. Uh, Swing beds, or the swing bed program at Finger Lakes Health, was developed to provide patients with care following hospitalization. It gives them time to recover from surgery or illness and transition to life at home or wherever comes next. Uh, to discuss the swing bed program at Finger Lakes Health, we have Maureen Loyal and Katie Dimitri in studio with us. Loyal serves as Director of Rehabilitation, and Dimitri is a nurse manager of the acute care unit at Soldiers and Sailors Hospital in Penyan. We pick up the conversation looking at the fundamentals of the swing bed program. The swing bed program is a short-term rehab program at Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Hospital. And since that's a critical access hospital, It allows us to have a short-term rehab program there where a a typical standard hospital bed um, where someone would come in and if they were acutely ill, stay, uh, that bed can be swung into a rehab bed. So this way it has a dual purpose for it. And how important is having that flexibility built into um, facilities like those in in Penyan and around that area? Um, When you are talking about, we were talking a little bit earlier about before we came on, how rural facilities are needing to do more of this. Um, It's actually pretty common, right? Yes. Um, Centers for Medicare Services, CMS, allows the swing bed program to help keep those rural hospitals strong in the community. So it's a a very viable option for them to provide a service to rehab um, patients and keep them in the community and get them home independently, but also at a, a rate that can help keep the hospital strong and be able to provide those other services like the emergency room and the hospital setting floor. Is this the kind of program that if it didn't exist, you think probably um, broadly across the country you'd see more hospitals downsizing or, or changing the way they operate fundamentally? Yeah, you can even might, might even lose the hospital in the community if, if they don't have these pro- programs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I want to switch gears a little bit. What are the actual components of swing bed care? So somebody um, is a candidate for it, and what does that actually, what does the process actually look like for them uh, as an individual when they are at the hospital and then they they transition into the swing bed program? So you can be a patient in our hospital at Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Hospital, or you can be a patient at any hospital in the area looking for a short-term rehab. So if you have, you have to have a three-day hospital stay. Um, We get a lot of patients who are weakened from a prolonged hospitalization, um, if they had a joint replacement, if they had hip fracture, 
or if they had a stroke. So those are all candidates that are in a hospital setting that need to, they're not well enough to go home and they need that service in between. So what happens then is the care management departments at the facilities will work with you and, and provide that option that if you live in that area or you live uh, anywhere near that area that that rehab bed is there for you and once you come to our hospital there's a, a bunch of different programs that we offer while you're there for short-term rehab. Uh, I'm responsible for the physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech services that you might need. So our therapist will look at you and, and figure out the, the more global needs, how many stairs do you have to get into your house, within your home, as well as what your bathroom may look like. Do you have a shower stall or, uh, or a tub so that we can make sure that you can take care of your activities of daily living speech if you have cognitive issues to see if we can get you back able to balance your checks, checkbooks and look at different things that help you get survive in life outside the hospital. So we develop a program specific to those things but then we also look more at the individual and try to tailor it to them. So we have patients who primary goal is to walk their daughter down the aisle you know mm -hmm. so then we make it more specific to the patient or they want to get back to golfing or they they want to garden so we'll try to towards the end when we get them more independent doing those stairs and those more global things we we then fine-tune it to get them back to their lives and doing the things that they really care about and it's interesting because how how long has the program existed uh, or been in action with with Finger Lakes Health um, since we have the rehab beds at Living Center South and North in Geneva and, and Huntington Living Center in Waterloo as well as the Homestead, um, the primary focus has been on that. But now with the different changes in health care, the swing bed program has always kind of been there and been an option for folks. But now we're trying to really highlight it just really to keep that Soldier Sailors Memorial Hospital strong in the community. So it's been around for a few years, but in the last three or four years, our volume's grown. You know, we've mm -hmm. really had great successes with patients to get them back home, working with Katie's nursing staff on, on different issues. It's been really fun to see it grow and become more viable for that building. And, and Katie, I want to shift gears to you. Um, what What's the... How do the nurses feel about a program like this that, that provides a little more flexibility for you guys to be able to sort of evaluate case-by-case -case, uh, situations rather than sort of have X, Y, and Z protocols and no really uh, without the latitude to move uh, freely? So <clears throat> being that we're a critical access hospital, uh, we have generally a shorter length of stay, mm -hmm. around three or four days. Um, so when we have this population, um, integrated into our acute um, census, it allows for them to again cater um, the the plan, the work plans, the the daily activities, um, and kind of how they structure their day at home. We try to mimic that there as well, um, and they you know get to grow um, friendships and things like that with the patient because we have them for a longer period of time. And I guess that's probably one of my personal curiosities is what what is uh, the reception like this typically for the patient? How do they feel about having this sort of flexible environment for them to go into and then um, really be helped in that process of transitioning from hospital care to, you know, whatever might come next, whether that's living at home or, or longer term uh, rehabilitation? It really helps. Um it's a little different because now they get dressed, they wear their own clothes, so they feel that they're one step closer to home. It's always a positive atmosphere, you know, um, rehab sites, 
because they're going to get them home, they know that, that that's the ultimate goal. So to see the patients really transition and work well, um, Katie's also on her staff has our activities coordinator who will take the patients down when they're not in therapy services and and try and do things if they like crosswords or, or crocheting. And so it just makes them feel human again because sometimes you lose that on that hospital side of it, mm-hmm. right? Because you know you don't have your own schedule. You don't you. They're coming in all different hours, taking your blood work, and you're ill. Now you're now you know you're better, and that you're closer to being home. And, and psychologically, I would assume for for the patients and for you guys, uh, Katie, it probably helps them feel like they're making more progress, making it uh, more tangible progress, and maybe inspires them to work a little harder and, and maybe try to be um, moving forward as quickly as they personally can, right? Certainly. they um, <clears throat> To have that goal of going home um, helps to motivate them for sure. And living, and living in Penyan, homes are a little bit different, right? They're a little more rural, so they have right. different makeups. And, and, and so when they get closer to home and become more independent, there's also the opportunity for our therapy team and the nursing team to go out to visit their home and, and bring the patient there to test drive the first run through the house to make sure you don't make any modifications just to make it a smidge safer for them when they do get home. So that's, that's always an option to help. You know, they got that team that helps them make that bridge back into the, into the community. And are there ever any scenarios where a patient might know prior to going in for, for an operation or something to that effect that they may be involved in a program like this after the fact? Or is this something that's generally um, the decision is sort of judged and made after uh, procedures are done and things like that, and they're in sort of a recovery process already? Most of the time it's after because it's an unplanned ex- uh, event if you fracture your hip or mm-hmm. if you have a pneumonia that brings you into the hospital that has you there longer than you thought, so you got a little bit weaker if you were older. Um, but the elective person for the, if you chose to have your knee replaced or your hip replaced, this, there's always a class at uh, Geneva General for our joint center that's prior to the surgery, so that's an option where you can start to discuss that with the care management team, with the nursing team over there about options afterwards. So that, that's when you can plan it if you have a planned uh, joint replacement. And it's got to be great for not only patients themselves, but I would assume family members of patients too. Um, who probably feel a lot, uh, a lot more comfortable going through a process like this, knowing that a, a bit of a transition effort is actually happening at the hospital prior to them just being wheeled out and, and being home. It's a scary situation a lot of times, you know, and sometimes it's the first time any, that, that they've ever had an encounter with healthcare, a lot of these folks. And so to have that support team around them within the hospital and know that there's a bridge and that there's someone that their family can speak to about the different options, you know, can be really um, give them peace of mind. For you guys, and I want to throw this one to both of you, um, bring both of your perspectives to the table. What are some of the challenges uh, that come along with administering a program like this and sort of being involved in these day-to-day real-time decisions that have to be made along the way? Hmm. For us in therapy world, I know, is that sometimes um, the expectations can't meet the the disability. Mm -hmm. So that they may not get back to where the full independence, you know, a modified independence or actually still needing some assistance when they leave us and, and, and the expectations of the family and, and the patient might exceed where, where we're able to get them. Or some of the other challenges too that they think, you know, like somebody will come and, and I always say as a therapist, we give you the roadmap, you have to do the driving. So to get them motivated enough to know that, that ultimately it's in the, the ball's in their hands and, and they have to be able to follow that program and participate fully in that program. It's not passive, it's an active program to get them back to that. So 
um, being able to reach their goals is one thing because sometimes we can't but we work with you that's the whole psychological component saying okay we might not be able to get you here but we can get you here you know and, and, mm -hmm. and afterwards there's continued therapy whether it's you know comes to your home or you get to an outpatient site that that maybe be able to get you to that full goal mm -hmm. so those are the some of the challenges that um, we see in the therapy world and, and on the nursing side I would assume uh, sort of the, the unpredictability of it all is probably one of the bigger challenges that you guys face um, but just in general talk to us a little bit about how you guys handle that and how you sort of approach the day-to-day -day of you know maybe not knowing what the levels are going to look like on a Wednesday versus you know 48 hours later on a Friday sure <clears throat> so um, when we I'll kind of walk you through like when they get there as a swing um, we tr generally um, do a meet and greet where when upon arrival we um, go in with as many team members as we can you know get at that time introduce ourselves um, and then really once they start to um, start their therapy sessions we kind of get an idea of where they're at with things and then each Tuesday we have a meeting with the, the team so it's Maureen myself um, our activities coordinator uh, the physical therapist the occupational therapist and the care manager and we kind of touch base and forecast where we anticipate um, this patient um, to be in a week in a few days um, and then we have meetings with not only the patients but the families as well if we start to see that there's participation issues or we're thinking maybe they're going to need some modifications um, to be made at the home prior to going home we try to do all of that in advance so that nothing is sprung on them and we really track it out so that it's a safe transition to home when are you or how do you know when a patient is finished or when they've reached the point where you can and obviously it's probably a case-by-case -case, uh, decision-making process but generally speaking is there a set of goals that that you guys generally set with all patients that you want to see them that meet before they before they exit the program and are back home um, living their normal life or whatever their new normal is basically um, our ultimate goal is to get them as independent as we can um, and when we look at that that usually starts with how safe are they going to be with home if, if we you know we won't discharge unless they're going to be completely safe at home so that's the the minimal criteria and then uh, ultimately like I said the goal is to be able to have them be able to walk in the community which usually they say 1500 feet is what one community activity uh, distances so you have to be able to walk that 1500 feet and most people um, who are 65 and older which is a lot large part of our population do three activities in the community so to get home we want to get them over that 1500 feet to do, be able to do one thing safely so get, follow up with doctor's appointments and the like but ultimately we want to get them to that three to four level so 4500 feet mm -hmm. <laughs> to be able to go to CVS or, or Walgreens and, and, and get to their doctor's appointment and then go visit family so you know those types of measurements we have a standardized test that we look at this test called the Bartel that kind of rates them on their independence with um, toileting, dressing, walking, and so that we try to see if there's a functional change on those scores from when they get admitted until they go home. And that length of stay could vary. Some people just need a minor tune-up, what we call it. You know, yeah. They were just in the hospital for a couple extra days after you know having a bat with pneumonia, so about a week, a week and a half, they should be strong enough to get back to their uh, prior level. And then other folks who might have more of a major event like a joint replacement or a stroke, well, you know, they could stay, you know, up to 20, 20 days or more, you know, just making sure that they're uh, safe. 
And it's interesting because to the layperson like me, that sounds like an incredible hurdle to have for patients to be making. Um, but it really, that's actually remarkable progress for a person to make in such a short amount of time, even if it is 20 days or something to that effect. Um, how sort of impressive is it seeing patient after patient after patient successfully navigate uh, that process and then go back to their lives, uh, what they were doing prior to hospitalization? I think Katie and I both say that that's why we went into the profession, right, to help people and to yeah. see that see that magic. We've had people come to us who couldn't even stand on their two feet yet they were that weak and, and, and leave us walking, you know, and or physicians sometimes tell them, I, I don't know if you'll ever be independent again, and they come to us and, you know, we tailor the program. When you first come to us, if you can only tolerate half an hour of therapy a day, that's where you'll start, and then we get people up to, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to sometimes two a day based on what your need is and you know hour therapy for PT an hour of OT uh, to get you moving so it's really it's a really amazing process to see people um, the family members their reactions too because you know they were they're going through this they're frightened and to see that progress and 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 have that joy come out of it it's a really great experience and of course we've seen the data for for several years now uh, folks are staying in their homes longer uh, seniors are staying in their homes longer and and it means programs like what you guys are doing at Finger Lakes Health are really pretty important in terms of being able to maintain uh, maintain success in that arena. Um, when you look forward and when you guys sort of plan, what are some of the goals that you set in terms of being able to continue providing not only the current level of support but to be able to keep growing that support and you know increasing it so that there is more awareness about it? Because like you said, when we started, not everybody knows that a program like this even exists, maybe until they're actually faced with a situation where they're in the hospital themselves. Um, so how do you guys sort of approach the raising awareness, educating people, and letting people know that it's not just if you, you go to the hospital for an illness or for a surgery, it's not just you're there for three days and then you're sent back home whether you can function or not. I'd say we're really um, trying to amp that up um, currently with doing um, some different radio shows to get the, the PR out there. Um, our team has recently um, gotten down to be on a couple of billboards. Um, we rely on a lot of the um, care management um, departments to have the knowledge of our program and what we um, what we can do. So it's not only PT and OT, but it's those other skilled needs like long-term IV antibiotics. Um, things like wound vacs that need to be changed more frequently than what visiting nurse can do at home. Um, so anybody that would qualify in any of like those three departments, them knowing, hey, we do have a program. Uh, additionally, the primary care um, uh, offices in the area, because you don't have to go right from the hospital. If you've had a three-day stay in the last 30 days, let's say they've discharged you and you just, you go back to your follow-up appointment and they determine like, oh, you know, I think that you need a little extra help. Yeah. If they have knowledge of our program, they can reach out to our care managers and we can still integrate them and bring them in. Okay, mm -hmm. well, that's interesting. Um, are there any success stories that you guys think about as, as when you're going through the day-to-day -day, um, that really make you say this, this is why we're doing this. You just hinted at it a little bit, um, Maureen, but um, when you see new patients come in, no matter how well or how many challenges they have in front of them, uh, how do you keep the success stories in the front of your mind so that you're, you're staying engaged in the process? Because it, clearly it's one that's proven and, and one that works. Well, I 
throw this to Katie in a second. There was a, a patient once, like I said, it's different levels of ability, right, that come into us. And some people were independent in the community prior to um, coming to us that we have to get them back to being independent. But some folks come in at other levels that they were wheelchair-bound most of their life and they had um, an illness that had them in prolonged bed rest and a lot of wounds that the nursing staff had to take care of. And, and there was one patient in particular that the mother was uh, ecstatic. You know, we, we didn't get them back walking. They, they weren't a walker to begin with, but the care that uh, Katie's nursing staff gave them. And, and he was there for a while and became a real part of the family. And, and just to see his outcome and how well he progressed. Uh, and, that, and, and he was quiet when he first got there and how engaged he got with the whole uh, team. He, he was sitting in on Katie's staff meetings, I think, by the end. <laughs> <laughs> yep, for sure. Uh, yeah, that was definitely an experience that we keep close to our heart. And even the one going back to the one you were referring to before where they came as a full lift, meaning they couldn't walk. And by the time um, this patient was discharged, he was walking um, and happened to come in a year and a half later for a second, if you will, injury. And he was coming through the doors of the emergency room telling them, well, I'm going to swing bed when I'm done. You know, so he had already experienced a program and couldn't wait to get back. So um, that, you know, speaks volumes to you know, the good good that we can bring to people and keep them in our community and, and that they want to come back if they have the situation occur again. That's awesome. The hey. outcome measures, we, we, we measure our, our discharges to home um, and as well as that score, that functional scale I was telling about, and also our patients' experiences. You know, we, we try to survey them to see what can we do better, what can we improve upon each, each, each time that, that we have somebody. Is this one of those programs where you sort of, obviously the two of you are living it every day, so you see it. Um, is it one of those programs that you envision continuing to grow and to become a, a bigger part of um, the care process from start to finish, not just in hospitals, but sort of broadly overall, keeping people, uh, helping them recover and get back to where they were before they, uh, before they came in? Ultimately, that's our goal, is to just keep it growing, and not just there, but all our sites, because it's such a great service. Um, when someone has a major event that that Geneva General or Soldier Sailors can't handle, they you know the ED they get transferred up to Rochester, and I, and if they need short-term rehab up there or or IV antibiotics, all that they kind of want to keep them up there, the those facilities. But it's so great to know that that they can come back to their own community and receive these services. So it's not a hardship for the family to go visit, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's a big trip up there. And, and this way they can have it right in their own backyard, that great care, have those successful outcomes. And so if we can continue to grow it and be here for years to come for our, our, our community, that would be awesome. I think that's a big part of their success too, is to be able to have those their family close by. Uh, and we can also integrate them into um, the therapy sessions, if they're going to be the ones assisting at home, we can build them into the session to teach them, um, you know, the proper way to move them or, you know, to keep themselves safe while they're assisting them. People think the rehab team are us, the clinicians, but it really is the patient, their family, and us working together, you know, with the providers to just really optimize their mobility. A real team effort. Uh, curious minds probably would like to know. How can they learn more about a program like this uh, beyond obviously listening to a conversation like this one? Uh, does the hospital have any resources right now online, uh, Finger Lakes Health, to be able to learn more about this program? Indeed. Um, we have some rack cards that are um, throughout you know, our facilities as well as um, a bifold brochure um, that we have um, at our primary care offices. And then they do have a piece um, on the Finger Lakes Health website.
Sweet. And we will link to that in the show description and on the story on fingerlakeswan.com. Ladies, thank you both for coming in today. Really appreciate the time for sure. Thanks for having us. Before we go, a quick reminder that new episodes are released every week on fingerlakeswan.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. You can visit insidethefx.com for past episodes or to leave us a voice message. You can also drop us a line by emailing insidethefx at fingerlakeswan.com. Subscribe to the show wherever you are listening and become a Patreon supporter if you can. Visit www.patreon.com fl1 to learn more. Links to all of those things are available in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next time.